0: Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem will be learning Dev Chav Zain, if we get there. Bezrat Hashem of Ravakamah. We got you, Moshe Aziz. We're six lines down on Chavavam Bez. We miss you, Phil. We miss you, Andrew. Uh, we, Bezrat Hashem, will all be reunited with all of Klal Yisrael and Yeshua and Gula, but even sooner than that. Um, hopefully, all today. This is Chos for all of Klal Yisrael. Six lines down. Chavavam Bez. Watch this. This is Halachas. As we were talking about, we are learning Neziken. will finish the parak today, and we finish with unintentional types of Nazikin as follows. It's amazing how many different halachas require intent. Well, you could be sitting on a Shabbos afternoon and causing some sort of hezik, and with depending on which category of halacha you uh, look at it from, the intent will affect each aspect of the culpability differently, as follows. I'm Here's the first halacha. Watch how interesting this gets. I said, Munachas Barry and I were talking about Evan versus Sela all the time. So the Evan, did it, what did I say? Rava, Rava. I, I, I know you like to bring Rava. I like to bring up Rava. Rava is my guy. Okay, this is Rava. Okay, I'm a Rava. I Okay, so movable stone, Munachas it was sitting on. It was he was sitting and he had a stone in his lap. Below Hikirba. He, he was totally unaware of the stone in his lap. ve of venaflos. So while standing up, unintentionally, the stone right falls from his lap and damages somebody. Okay. So le-inyan ezikin chayev. So with regards to, does he have to pay someone damages if the stone fell from his lap and st- struck somebody else? Yes, he is chayev. We will discuss. Right. So this is an unintentional damage, but we just learned that Adam mu'ad la'olam. That's what this is doing here, right? In the Mishnah, we said that Adam mu'ad la'olam and therefore even you're chayef for Nezikin. So that's what this is doing here. Okay, so we already know that for for with regards to Nezikin, it's going to be chayef. in Arba, and And we also already said that when it comes to tsar Ripui, shevis and Boshas, right, those four things are intentionally dependent also, and therefore um, so again, the person who's injured, right, he has to be out of work for four days or something like that. So you would not have to compensate him from that because you did not do so intentionally. Right? You didn't hit him intentionally in this case. Okay. Inyun Shabbas, Mlachas Torah, Right? So let's say he's in Urshrabim and the stone is in his lap and the, and it travels unintentionally, right? In Ursh Sarabim, Hotsa, so to speak. So the Inyan Shabbos. He's not chayev because a, a amazing thing, right? Milleches Machshavas, right? The idea is that in order to be chayev on Shabbos, it has to be right, like the right, like the building of the Mishkan. It has to be intentional, and this is not intentional, right? Okay, now, in other words, let's just uh, let's just get it a little bit clearer. That on Shabbos, okay, you ha- if you ha- there is such a thing as a korban chatas for doing a malacha uh, b'shogeg on Shabbos, but that when we learned masechah Shabbos was not for doing what Rabbi Safar or Shlita would call the paula, which is to say, if you have intent to throw a stone, but you either forgot that this was a malacha or you forgot that it was Shabbos, that is an unintentional violation of Shabbos but you did intend to throw the stone, it is there where you're going to be high of the korban chatas, right? That's, that's called doing it beshogeg and, and being high of a korban chatas. But that was not the case that we're discussing now. Here, you didn't even intend to throw the stone. You had no intention for the pa'ula, as Rabbi Stafford would say. The actual activity was something you had no intent for at all. Well, that's not even shogeg, right, with respect to Shabbos. That is total unintentional. That's more similar to what we would call misasek, Okay, in Shabbos, there's no intent whatsoever. And there you're not even bringing a Korban chatas. Right there, it's totally uh, Pater, okay? The Indian Gullus Pater. Okay, so this is interesting. Gullus, well, what would be the case? Isn't, don't you go to Gullus for killing somebody by So let's say Chas V'Shalom, this stone, it was you got up with such force, the stone killed somebody. So why would you be Pater? Isn't that exactly when you go to Gullus? So let's see Rashi. Wait, that's the case. So why Potter, says Rashi? Okay, killing somebody uh, inadvertently. That's interesting. So that's something we didn't know. Okay. Rashi explains that in order for there to be a Shkaga, you have to have had some level in this sense, it's almost a little bit like Shabbos. You had to have had some level of awareness that there was a stone in your lap, right? Yedeem Ikara. And then forgot that it was on your stone your lap. That is Shogig, right? And here, Lohikir Me'olim, he never had any idea whatsoever that any of this was happening. That's not even Shogig, to the extent where you wouldn't even go to Gullus. It's a, it's a very unusual case, why would have thought why would you think that you would have to have right some awareness it, so we'll see it, it sounds like we're going we're going to unpack that a little bit more okay um but that rashi's explaining what we're going to be explaining, okay, so go' going to be punted because you had no awareness whatsoever at any point that this was in your lab, yeah, La Indian evid plucked to the Rabun, the Rabun, Shimon thereshi Gamliel a on, okay, so again, we know about setting free an Evid, right? If you if you damage, so to speak, an Evid, right, so that Evid Kanani is going to be set free. Right? So as but that uh, we've already seen is as to whether that uh, is only if you um, injure and damage said Evid intentionally, the Tanya, because of a price to that effect. Haya Remember this case? Let's say the master of the slave was in fact a physician and this the slave said you know what the slave volunteers for a uh, eye operation and and doing so he accidentally blinds the slave or or right the slave owner is a dentist and he does a dental procedure right he does a periodontal scaling and root planing and in so doing takes out some teeth. We know that a shane and an ayin is a classic case where if the evad loses it, he goes free off of that. Okay, so even though he's doing so accidentally, right? He's just not the best uh, ophthalmologist or dentist, but he's not doing it on purpose. So in that case, right, the b'risa says, so a machloka. So Shim Gamliel is going to say, Sichek be'odon the slave was toying with the master and got free. Okay. That's the Tanakama, rather. Tanakama says the slave is toying with the master and gone free. So what's going on here is the Tanakama says that the slave kind of knew that his master was a horrible dentist and he was telling him, Oh, can you do dental procedure? Because he was trying to get free on purpose. The slave was trying to get free because he knew that his master would accidentally knock out his tooth. What does that tell you? That if he's doing so accidentally, the slave still goes free. Wow. Rav Shimon Gamlil, however, disagrees. He says, Vishikhasa, Right in the pasuk that teaches you that a slave goes free, it says it implies right intentionality. It implies that the that the slave only goes free if the master is doing so intentionally. Therefore, again, in the same case where the Slave is asking the master to do a dental procedure on him, knowing that the master is not that great of a dentist and that accidentally he's probably going to knock his tooth out. And uh, in that scenario, the slave will not go free, according to Reb Leal, because it needs to be intentional. And that intent by an Evid would be machlokas. So, similarly, it would be, uh, by an Evid, would be machlokas. And similarly, that would be the case with the stone. Okay? Uh, so, I mean, listen, you could spend weeks on this because. The level of intentionality gets a little bit different. Okay, so this is interesting. It's subject to the machlokas of Shimon Gamliel, and right, and yet there's zero intentionality whatsoever. And yet, according to the opinion, right, of the Tanakama, that you don't have to have intentionality. It's a different level, right, a different threshold of intentionality than, let's say, gullus, right? Um, because even if there's no or or Shabbos for that matter, because even if there's no intention whatsoever. Right, you're still gonna set the you're still gonna set the free, right? In that case, it's just sort of like a um, uh, a uh, what the outcome is based. It's an outcome based game completely. Like the fact that the Evid lost the um, the tooth or the eye is the only thing that matters. The intention has no makes no has no bearing on it, right? According to according, according to the Tanakama, right? Rashi Leo says it has to be intentional, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, we call it. Uh, yeah, the Okay, now, so that was that was the case. Now, Hikirba Hashachav Ahmed V'nafla. What will be the case? Okay, so that's case number one. Case number two, Hikirba. So here you're going to see how this affects. So we know already this is going to affect Gullus. That's the main thing here, right? You knew that there was a stone on your lap because you were kind of had it on your lap for whatever reason on a Shabbos afternoon, uh, but then you forgot that it was on your lap. But Ahmed V'nafla, and then you stood up and it went flying. So, okay, Nizikin, So, again, Nizikin, it's, or it's still gonna be Chayev because you're still Shogeg just like you were before, not any less. Lelian, Daladvarim, Pater. For Daladvarim, you're gonna be Pater because, again, Daladvarim, you're only Chayev if you, if you do it intentionally. And here, even though you had previously been aware of the fact that it was on your lap, you still didn't, right, throw it intentionally. Lelian, Gulas, Chayev. So, here's the big difference, right? For Chay, for Gulas, you're gonna be Chayev. Right. Why? Right? That was the big idea that for Gulas, you have to have had some awareness in, uh, initially, and then forgotten. This is like the big chiddush of gullus that we learn over here. The ha havia le And here, in this particular case, he was in fact previously aware that there was a stone, and then he just forgot. Let's see if we can get into that a little bit more. Why? So, so I think it's kedai to see uh, the art scroll. It says that Tosvos points out that this is only true with regards to gullus. Why? Because shgaga. The term Shgaga, which implies a lapse in awareness, is said many times in the Pesukim of Ghalas. And so it is for that reason that the Gemara interprets it as implying prior awareness, right? So when it comes to khatas, you don't need to have prior awareness. So this is basically Tosfos, right? The Tosfos is explaining... That Bishgaga, right? mishum Degabe Golos. You see that Tosfos, the last one in the skinny lines. mishum Degabe Golos. Ksiv Tuva Bishgaga. Okay? So, that's an interesting idea. More on that in Makos Tav zayn The idea of Shogeg having, implying awareness. Okay, so this is, we learned something today. Ve'ahavile okay. idea.. Okay, now. Le'an Shabbos, Pater, right? So, again, Shabbos is going to be Pater. So, we're still Pater. We still don't need the Chatas, as Tosfos pointed out. Right? The chaatos would only be if you, because you still did the actual act at the time that you were doing it, even though you were previously aware of the existence of the stone in your lap, at the time that you threw the stone, so to speak, by standing up, you were unaware of it, and therefore you're going to be potter. Because well, you, right, you were unaware of the act itself. You, it had nothing to do with doing the act intentionally and forgetting it was Shabbos. You were unaware of the act itself. And again, Evid, it's going to depend. According to Rabbanon, it's all outcome-based, and therefore you'd be Chayev. According to Yav Gamliel, it's all intentional-based, and you'd be Pater. Okay, next to Lacha. Okay, now this is going to affect Shabbos too, right? You wanted to throw a stone on Shabbos to Amos. Now, for Amos, right, is going to be where you're going to be chayev. That was not, that part of it was unintentional. You only intended to throw two amas, but you did intend to throw a rock, so now, le'ini nezikin chayev. Nezikin, you're always going to be chayev also, because uh, nezikin is also outcome-based, right? You're always considered mu'ad le'olam. That's what we're doing here. Le'ini dal d'varim patr. So that's interesting. For dal d'varim, you're going to be patr, even though, right, you threw the rock intentionally, right? Um, you did not intend to throw it that far and to kill the guy or whatever, to, to injure the guy. So therefore, you're going to still be butter. Okay. So for Shabbos, you still are lacking the melechus machshevis because melechus in it means intention to do a malacha. And here you did not intend to do malacha. Yes, you intended to do the action of throwing, but not Dalaramos, And therefore, you're still not going to be chayiv. Now L'Inan Gullus, Asher Lot Sada Amar Rahmana, Prat Lanit Kavan Lizarkstain, Wow. So here we are seeing another wrinkle in Gallas because it says, what? Asher Lot who did not one who did not aim. There is a lot in the Rishonim as to what this means. Even Rashi himself has two different interpretations of this. But basically, Asher Lot did not aim, so I know you're thinking vector right? Whenever you throw something in physics or you move a tooth in orthodontics, there's the force and the vector. Asher lo sada implies not only force, but vector. Uh, not only vector, but force, rather, right? Uh, obviously, you threw it in the direction of a guy. Mm-hmm. But you had no intent for the vector at all, and therefore, the pasach is specifically, when it says, uh, who did not aim, asher lo sada, the Torah is specifically excluding a person who was throwing in someone's direction but with not enough force um, and he is he just he is excluded from gullus. Now, how why is he excluded from gullus is the machlokas? The machlokas could be uh mikza la kassa, as they say. Wait a minute. Are you gonna say that the reason he doesn't get gullus, don't forget, gullus is a what? It's an atonement. So does that mean that because you threw it in the guy's direction, it's um, intentional enough that you don't deserve the atonement because it's really, really serious that you threw a rock towards him? Or would you say no because you had no intention whatsoever to really throw the rock with enough force to reach him that you don't need to go to Gullus? Right? You don't need the atonement. We don't know. I mean, that's really Machlokas, okay? But be that as it may, one way or the other, Sheh Lutzodah is going to exclude this case from Gullus, okay? Now, the when it comes to setting a Slave free. It's still going to be subject to and gamliel and Rabbanon, right? Because the Rabbanon are going to say that's totally uh, outcome based, and it doesn't really matter what the backstory is. The evidence going to go free whether and gamliel requires full intentionality, which you do not have here because he did not intend for enough force. Okay. Finally, niskoven l'isrok abra Vizark, Shimona, So now you were actually intending, so this is going to affect Hechel Shabbos, you were intending to be Mechel Shabbos, Rahman Litzlan, by throwing it with enough force, uh, and yet, you didn't know your own strength. You threw it even further so that, than you intended. So, the chayiv always because it requires real intentionality. So then it's going to depend. tanuach in. If you, in fact, articulated, you know what? Wherever it lands, I'm happy. All I want to do is be Machal Shabbos. I'm just going to throw this as far as I possibly can. Okay? That, Rashi explains. Yeshkan Melechas Mach Shevet. The Zarak Arba of Onis Kavan uh Um Mazarak Arba. A Amakal Amr Kamal Kam Shatirza Tanuach Potter Shikamach Shosah Einala Melacha. Right? So there he's going to say, you're going to Mikhaev, because there, again, I uh, let's let's do the syntax a little slower. Watch this, Rashi. Why are you going to be chayev for Shabbos if you said, "Call Malcolm Shatirza That I am happy with wherever it lands. Chayev says Rashi, Yeshkan The Zarek arba. Period. That's it. Is because why? You threw it at least daladamos, and you intended to throw it at least daladamos. And what Rashi, the continuation of Rashi is explaining. Is that this would not be the case if you even if you intended to throw a dollar to Amos, or the the only way that you would not be chayiv is if you intended to throw less than a dollar to Amos. Now I finally got it, right? Because Rashi says Aval sh'taim Bizark k'arba afilu amar What all he's saying is like this: Rashi's just explaining that if right, exactly. In other words, but 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 here's the chiddush what would be the case if you threw it to amos and you said i'm happy with whichever with wherever it lands or you rather you intended to throw it to amos but you're happy with wherever it lands so that so the point is there you it's not it's not because you never intended to throw it with enough force it's true that you didn't care where it landed but you didn't care where it landed, but you also did not intend to throw it with enough force to go daladamos. So there Rashi's pointing out, there, not caring where it lands is not going to make you Chayev. But if you intend to throw daladamos, that's the Malachas Machsheves. And then as long as you say that you don't care where it lands, the minimum would be daladamos. Once it goes past that, you don't care where it lands and you're still going to be Chayev. That's the, that's the idea. Okay. So you Okay, so fine. And then Le'inyan Galos Asher Lo Sada. So we already said... Okay, so again, so e, yeah. Yeah, so that's what we're explaining now. That if the Even he accomplishes a goal, a goal of Easter. Right. In other words, so just to clarify, if the intent was always to throw it with not enough force, to. Um, uh, to, to go Daladamos, then even if you explicitly say that you're happy with wherever it lands, that happiness does not mean that you're happy for it to go more than Daladamos because, because what you really mean, I suppose, is that you're no you have no intentionality uh, with regards to throwing it Daladamos or more. Right? In other words there is a way of thinking. This is, this is quite an uh, abstract detail. There's a way of taking the intent, right? Uh, let's say you don't really care where it lands. You're happy with wherever it lands. But there's happy with wherever it lands and there's happy with wherever it lands. It, within that intent, there's a way of splitting it up. Did you, within that intent, right, intend to throw with enough force to go more than Dalamos or not? Right? You can, there's a way of being happy with where it lands, where you did not intend for it to be enough force to be Chayef Shabbos, in which case you'd be Pater. That's what Rashi is saying. And there's a way of saying happy where it lands, where you threw it so hard that no matter where it was going to land, it was going to be more than Daladamos. And in that case, if it lands eight Amos away, then you're certainly going to be Chayef. So it's really abstract. It's breaking up your happiness with where it lands and saying, yeah, if you threw it weakly, then just because you're happy where it lands doesn't mean that you intended to be mechal Shabbos, right? If you threw it strongly, then if you're happy with where it lands, then even if you totally overshot your target, you're still going to be chayev, right? That's what Rashi is saying. So, in elo lo, that's that's what Rashi is explaining. Now, uh, so for so yes, yeah, so this is a detail within gullus that really it's excluding lo tzi excluding. It means that you really got to have the right vector and force in order to be chayiv gulas. And again, it would be subject to the machlokas Rishonim as to whether what does that mean. Does that mean that you did it too intentionally or not intentionally enough to warrant gulas? Okay. And the in pluk and is totally right outcome dependent. Uh, another halacha. I said finally. I think before I was uh, I was wrong. I'm going to keep going. Ve'amar uh, Zar gag. Okay, new case. You threw a uh, kli off a roof. Uva Somebody else comes while it's going down. The while the thing is falling down, uh, somebody else smashes it. Smashes it in midair, as Rashi says. Ze makel is poter kodem shvirasa, sharei sofa That's the key phrase here. It's got what you do. That that. Um, Whatever thing utensil that clew was a goner already. So it's as if you already like bites a roof You're already smashed something that was already considered halachically destroyed since it was on its way down from the from the roof. Um, as the gemara itself continues to explain, my timer. What's the reason? Mana seviras ofar a broken utensil. You already broke this. Is right beautiful abstract thought. Right, the utensil was totally intact at the time that you smashed it. But it was halachically considered already, uh, already broken. Amazing. The Amar So let's see how far this goes. Another case. Okay. <laughs> so now, same, same. Um, right, pot is falling down from the roof, but there's a trampoline, and right, there's pillows at the bottom. So now, would you say that that pot is a ghana? No. But what if you say like this? The pot's flying off the roof. You don't have a baseball bat. You're not going to smash it. All you're doing is removing the pillows from the bottom. Wow. Ba'acher v'silikon. I'll call them a putter. Right. So, so somebody else came and removed them, or the person who threw it off the roof removed them. That wouldn't matter. You're still going to be putter. Whoa. So that's a big chiddush, right? You're the guy that threw it off the roof, and you're the guy that took off, off the pillows. So you really. Well, no, Ba'acher O kadam V'silkon. Kadam means that he himself. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You have the same dude accomplishing both components of the Hezek, but because those components are two distinct actions, you're going to be putter. Wow, why? My time, what's the reason? Be'idna pasuke me At the time that he threw it off the, off the roof, his pasuke paske giri means his arrows were stopped which is to say at the time that he threw it it was not going to damage the the actual clee because there were pillows on the ground below so that means the act of throwing the initiation of this hezek was not a hezek at all Oh, so you're going to say, wait a minute! Can't you connect it up with his intent? This guy did a shtick, right? He ran downstairs so fast he was able to remove it, and he accomplished the entire thing by himself. That's a huge chiddush, right? But that's 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 what's called abstract halacha of of Nazikin. That at the time that he threw it, he he it was not considered an act of hezek. It needs to be a complete has, act of hezek from beginning to end in order to. Now again, so we we ignore his second action. Yeah. So we, yeah, we, 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 his second action, we don't even tie it back to the first action because the first action was not, uh, Hezek. Now, the fact of the matter is, we, aren't we, aren't we totally outcome based? Like, I don't understand. Why is this different than Shoging, right? So, it's a little bit different because the, it didn't even have the capacity to break the utensil with the initial throw, right? So, th- th- this is a, also a very important, like, Lumdus abstract, right? All that matter. All that should matter is that the cleave was broken. But no, this is. So now we see that there's an. Uh, that if inherent in the actual action, we're not saying that you did an action without like intent to damage, right? Even if you're sleeping, you're going to be chayev. But if the action itself is inherently not a hezik action, then then already you're not even going to be high for Neziken. So we, find, we found the case where even, even though the thing gets eventually broken, you're not high for Nazikin, because the action itself is not an action of nizikin. That's unbelievable, right? So this is another case where you probably go with Rabbi Safar's Peula versus Meisa thing, where, again, the, the actual action is the one that's not for Neziken. Amazing. Okay, here we go. Ba'am rabba Zorak, crazy case. Somebody throws a baby off a roof, and somebody else like sticks out a sword and the baby Rahman lands on the sword. And that's gonna be Machlokes between Bhutan and Rahban, the Tanya from the following Brahsah other Adam Basar maklos. Ten people go and they take turns hitting a person until he dies from the beating. And it doesn't matter if they're beating him simultaneously or one after the other. Cool on as we arrive at Khazain and Alf I told you we might get to the and Alf. They're all pater. Why are they pater? First, Rashi and Chavzain of Alf, the Be'inen, she Kol Nefesh Adam. Kol Ha Nefesh. Nefesh. In other words, in order to be Chayev Misa, right, you need to be killing the person from beginning to the end. It can't be a collaborative effort, okay? Very interesting. Okay, so now, Rabbi Hudav Meseira, however, says he's Chayev. Rabbi Hudav Meseira, Omer Bezei so if they're all doing it simultaneously, then you can't tell who was the person who killed him. So they're not going to give the death penalty to all the dudes. But amazingly, if they do it consecutively, then the last guy is Because it's considered that the last one was the guy, right, who caused the death. He's the one that, right, hit the final blow, as it were, the coup de grace. Now, that would be similar to the case of our Gemara because me mitasso, Bringing the death closer is according to Rebihutim B'Seir, so that would be similar to the guy holding the sword in our case. That it's true that the baby would die a split second later, but here you brought the death even closer. Unbelievable. says. So Rabbah continues, what if instead of a man with a sword, you have a what? A Shormuad with its horn. So is Adon chayev? as we know, that an Adon of a Shor is if his Shor Muad kills somebody. So that's ploked to the Rabishmal Benoit Sabiyom Banokaraban. That that shore already goes into the Machlox speed of Rabishmal Benoit Srichar Rabbanan, the Tanya, Vinosan Pidon Nafshod may nizak. Well, there's a Brisah with the to Shor Muad. Uh, that Bris says that what we're talking about Kofer now. When do you pay Kofer? You give Kofer, right, d Vinoshan Pidjon Nafsho. Pidjon nefesh of who? When you pay the, the Kofar, is the a Nefesh of who? So according to, right, the Tanakama and the Brisa, uh, the Rebunan, they say it's domain Nizak, that it's the value of the baby. Well, I'll give it away. This baby has no value, because this baby is a goner. In other words, this is a baby flying off a roof, and therefore the baby has no value, so to speak, right? You're not gonna pay any cofair. It's you basically gored an already dead baby. Whereas Rabbi Shmuel, it says, with regard to the payment of Kofar, it is on the Mazik, the owner of the ox, who's going to be Chayev. And therefore, again, according to, so that would be subject to that Machlokas, right? So do you pay Kofar or not in that case? So if you go according to the Rabbanon, you do not, because there is no value to the baby. And if you go according to Rabbi Shmuel, then you do, because there is value to the Mazik. Wow. Now, We learned this in Yavama, it's a wild case. A uh, man flies off a roof um, and then lands on a woman, okay, injuring her. So he's going to be chayev for everything. Wait, chayev bedal dvarm. He's chayev for the Tsar the and the ripoi. Why? Well, this would have to be where it was a ruach Matsuya, right? Because why? Ruach Matsuya means that it's really kind of accidental, but kind of la amazed, what we would say, right? Because what are you doing, Barry? And, and my kids actually make fun of me. We were in the Grand Canyon on a windy day. Everybody in the Grand Canyon wants to see the canyon. So like, they stand right by the edge. I go nuts. And they're like, Dad, you have fear of heights. So I don't have fear of heights. Like, I don't mind airplanes, I don't mind roller coasters, I have fear of dying from heights, do you understand? I have fear of standing on ledges of giant heights with a Ruach Matsuya. That's called Karav Lamezid. Do you understand, Barry? So this is what I'm saying, <laughs> that you sh- that is, and-, and this Gemara supports me because you're high for that, even with Dal Dvarim. We know that Dal Dvarim has to be intentional. Well, guess what? If you stand on the ledge of a roof in Manhattan, Right uh, on a very windy day, that's intentional. Okay, it's not intentional, intentional, but it's intentional enough to be even dal dvarim. Now, Uvi talokana, but it's not the most intentional, right? Because as we learned in Yevamos, if you fall off a roof and accidentally you landed right in a in a way that you had an unintended act of intercourse with a woman on your way down, okay, that. As weird as the case may be, is a good test case to show how much intentionality you have to for for yibum. Because there, there's no intention of even really. There may have been enough of an intention to fly off the roof, right? But right, this is a case where he had no intention. Well, he didn't know it was going to go that way when he fell off the roof, right? So you have to have intention for the actual bia in order to uh, in order to acquire her for yibum. That's the point in order to be kind of that Yavama, okay. Now, the Gemara is just going to elaborate a little bit, that when it comes to the Daladvarim, in that case, and v'nezek, b'tzar, b'ripo, and b'sheves, right? You're going to be Chayv, not exactly for, for the Daladvarim, right? There's Nezek, and then there's Daladvarim. You're going to be of v'nezek in three of the four, which is the damage, okay, that we know because that's just uh that doesn't require full intentionality. Whatever tsar, whatever pain, whatever uh medical cost, repoy, and whatever unemployment of Shavu's you're gonna pay. Avalboshes, which is the fourth of the four things, you're not gonna have to pay. Why? That's none. Enochaivalboshis, Right? Because in the Mishnah that we're gonna learn later Discusses that with regards to Boschus specifically, you have to have intent for the humiliation, not just for the Nezik right? And not just for the action, I should say, right? So here, that's a very interesting thing that Boschus, not all four things are exactly like the other. Boshes requires they intend to embarrass the person, okay? So now, you fell off a Ruach So you thought it was very still and fine. 12 people a month fall into the Grand Canyon, usually taking selfies. And you, and you damage somebody below, and you also embarrass them. So you're going to be because you damaged, and you're But there you also right? because it was not intentional, because it was a Ruach right? a Matsuya, because you didn't really have intent to fall. You didn't have reason to believe that for sure you'd, you would fall because there wasn't enough wind. However, Baruch Matsuya Vehizik Uviyesh. So now, here, Uviyesh, you, you humiliated the person below somehow in so doing. Right? So now, and there's a Ruach Matsuya, so now you can be high for everything, right? Chayyiv, B'dal, Dvarimu, Pater, Allah, Boshes, but not for the Boshes still, because there is now within the Boshes, we're going to find out exactly what's the threshold where you're going to be high in the Boshes. If you just fell backwards and you sunk like a stone as you're falling, and it's true that you embarrassed the person, you're still not going to be of, you're going to be Pater, Allah, Boshes, because it was not intentional to be embarrassed of the person. However, there you go. So now again, it was the Ruach Metsuya. So you had every reason to believe that you might fall, but you still weren't negligent, and you stood by the edge of the canyon. Then you fell. As you're falling in midair, right, you kind of contorted <coughs> yourself in midair to to make sure you land on the person in order to cushion your fall. So that is intentional enough, right, even though it was not really it was more to save your life, Barry, to cushion, your fall, than it was to actually humiliate the person. <laughs> but there is enough intentionality, both for the fall, because of the ruach Matsuya, and for the landing on the person, because you wanted to be cushioned, and you did a naisa nice in order to contort your body to achieve that cushion, then you, in fact, are going to be chayiv even for the boshes. The tanya v'shalcha yada. Because it says, v'shalcha yada, right, V'hechazika. Bim vushav. What was that case? You know the case of the wife that tries to save her husband? Two guys, two dudes are fighting, and one guy, right, and, and one guy's wife comes out and she tries to save her husband, Miyad Makeu, right? That's the Pasak Dvarim, Khafey Yud Aleph, and then Vishalcha Yadav Bim Vushav. So what does that even mean? So it says, she sticks out her hands. And what, grasps him in a place that she didn't intend to? That was very embarrassing. In that specific case, she's paying for humiliating him. So what happened there? There was, she intended to interfere. She intended to grab him. Okay, so she didn't intend him to grab him in a humiliating way. But you see, she doesn't have to have intent to grab him in a humiliating way. She only has to have intent to interfere and to grab him in order to be high of the Boshes. That is the Pasuk where you are high of the Boshes. Okay, so similarly here, right? In other words, I don't know that she grasps, says the Gemara. So it says, Yeah, of course, is those are synonymous. So why does the Pasuk say, In order to teach you, Ah, so now the Gemara really spells it out. When are you paying Boshas? You don't have to have intent to. Embarrassed, that's a fascinating uh, Chiddush, right Barry? That you would think that you only pay Boshas if you have intent to to embarrass Somebody, no, for Boshas you have to Have intent to do the, enough Negligence for intent to do the Action, and then once You've caused some embarrassment, you're Going to be high for the Boshas, okay Again, you're not going to be high for the But it's it's fascinating because there's (laughs) There's levels, right in other words, there's a level where it's intentional enough that you can be high of all, the other Daladvarim and not Boshes, right? That's when you went up on a Ruch Matsuya and like a moron, you, you stood by the edge. That, that's intent enough for the, other, for the other of the Daladvarim. That's not intent enough for Boshes, right? But if you really intended, proactively we'll say, ooh, so now we have a little characterization where you proactively did something Right? Not just negligence, right? You mo- contorted yourself in midair or you struck your head out to-, to fear in a fight. So now you proactively intended to do a missa. Then you're going to be hived the boshis, even if there was no intent to humiliate explicitly.? Okay? All right, so here we go. Another of a putter. This is wild. Person puts a burning coal in a person's heart and walks away. Victim dies from, from, from the burning. He's awake, the victim. So you're putter. Why are you putter? That sounds crazy. Says Rashi Sharyola Salka, yeah. Because that individual, a human being, has the ability to move the said coal. So once you have the ability to remove the coal, you're going to be, right, that, that initial right act, we'll get more into this, that initial act is not considered killing, right? You put him in a mock of Sakata, so Barry's, Barry's not impressed. What are you talking about? This is the killer. He put a hot coal on a guy's heart and killed him. Isn't that killing? No. Because the killing means you killed him. This is not killing him. This is you put him in a place where eventually you killed him. Uh, well, it wasn't really you. You set a killing thing in motion, but the guy could have gotten out of the way, right? If, you, if, you, if a guy's standing on the railroad tracks, right, and you start a, a, a train from, you know, 100 yards away and then walk away and the guy's standing there, he's not roped down, he's just standing there, would you say that that guy, That you say that that's killing? It kind of halachically abstractly, it's not because it's really it's almost like the uh, victim committed suicide; he killed himself, okay? Because he had the opportunity to save himself, okay? Al bigdo chayev. But with regards to the zikin of one's clothing, yechayev. Why? It's a fascinating thing that the Rashi says. See what I'm saying? Matt got a hot coal. Barry puts a hot coal. I don't know why you would do this, Barry. It's crazy, but you put a hot coal on Matt's shirt. So Matt's shirt is already like a little bit not as good as he'd like it, he's, right? Because he's got nice good threads and he keeps his clothes pristine. So it's not totally ruined, but it's ruined enough. So Matt's letting the shirt, right? Right away you're gonna be chayev because at this point Matt's gonna hold out for new clothes for you to pay him. Doesn't that seem to contradict the previous case? So he's saying, why is that different than, than Misa? So, so, so this is exactly the point of Rabbah's ruling, that the distinction between Misa and begadim. Because when it comes to Misa, as long as you have an opportunity to save your skin, to save yourself, you are going to not be chayev for putting the person in a place of danger. However, when it co- that's when it comes to killing. Okay, that's when it comes to killing. But when it comes to clothing, right, there is um, a rationale that we assume that the victim can have Right, that that he would not remove the coal, Right. To save your life, of course you would have to remove the coal as the victim unless you're not really a victim. But to save your clothing, you can say, you know what? I'm gonna keep this on a little longer because if it gets a little more char, I'll certainly get the 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 uh, I'll certainly be able to bring it to Besdin and even if it's a show gig or whatever, I'm gonna be higher the guy's gonna be higher for the damages. Okay? Right? Right, so he's saying, just because he had a rationale uh, to prevent it, why are we saying that you're still going to be Chayev, right? Um, so, so it's interesting, right? It's like a double standard. For saving your life, we expect Matt to have to do that. But for saving his clothing, we kind of uh, approve of the fact that he's not doing that. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh, let, let's see, because I'm a Rava. See, now we finally have Rava. Rava going to maybe maybe Rav is going to address your issue because he has he has Mishnahic sources for this as follows Amar Rava Tnani You know these last two halachas th- we did learn in Mishnayis Alibo the Kavash Alav Losocha Uro Losocha Ma'im The case of the call on the guy's heart that eventually kills him is in a Mishnah in Sanhedrin Ivav The Mishnah says like this A person plays a call on a person's heart uh, a killer rather Holds the victim down. So a, a, a killer, uh, an unbelievable uh, mafia killer, keeps a guy underwater and drowns him that way. Keeps the victim down. So you drown a guy. This is pure mafia stuff. So chayev. Of course the killer is chayev because he killed him. He drowned him. Okay. However, but if all he did was throw him off the GW into the water and the guy is still alive, and the guy could get out of there, but for whatever reason he does not. He fails to do so. So, and he drowns, then, then the mafia guy is going to be Potter because the Mishnah in Sanhedrin says that the victim had the opportunity to save himself and therefore that's not what we classically, call that's not technically Misa. Wow. However, right, later the Gemara—that's with respect to the call. Okay, so that's what Rava is saying. That's Raba's case. That's exactly the same halacha. Let's look at the at the case with the baguette. Maybe we could get more insight. We're going to learn this again in Tzadi Beis. Bigdo. So the clothing. The Tanan. It's Susi Shvaris Kadi Chayev. Okay, so we're going to use Matt and Barry here. If a person says, if if Matt says to Barry, tear my clothes, and Barry does so, Barry is Chayev to pay. Why? Because well, just because he told you so, does that mean that you're supposed to do it? No, of course you're chayiv to pay. How about almanas or Potter? But if Matt said, "You know what? I'll let you tear my shirt," and you're not going to be chayiv at all, then you're not going to be chayiv. Okay, then Barry's not going to be chayiv because uh, Matt explicitly exonerated it. So, so what? So we see that even when Matt right explicitly lets Barry damage it. We don't say that, right? He means to uh, absolve him from from uh, from the chiyuv. This is very right. So this is this is a little bit different. Tosha is going to point out, right? That how do you how do you could change? How do you compare that to lack of action? I think I think your question, Barry, deserves a lot more. Um, a lot more analysis, but we'll do that analysis on Sadiq Beis because that's a very, very good question. What what is the difference? We have to look into the subtle differences here between allowing it to happen and just letting it, uh, and and just letting you happen, allowing it to happen. Why would you be Chayev? uh, How does Matt's intention, where he's okay with you tearing it, make you either potter or Chayev? But it's certainly, in the the comparison to the Mishnah on Sadiq Beis is that if Matt, tells you that it's okay, then you're pater. So him not removing the coal from his beged is tantamount, is the same, as telling you that it's okay. That's the Mishnah. That's how Ravah analyzes it. He's, he's giving you rishus. Once he gives you rishus, you're pater. See, but that doesn't work for, for death. Because for death, right, in other words, for death, then Matt's going to be chayev, right? Um, okay, finally, bai Raba. What about killing an Evid? You know that you get high for killing an Evid. dummy or Kamamono dummy. But is that like killing the Evid or killing the property? Where's Rashi saying? Because the Eved could remove it or not. Uh, so, certainly if the Evid can remove it, it's not like killing him. Right? So, what if you put it on the shore? shore says the Gemara. Yeah. Uh, the rabbi asked the question but he answered it because which is to say an has the ability to remove it. So therefore, he's going to be potter because the Evid had that opportunity. But a shore rose kimamono because as the Rashi says, in case ketzaderegel, she'en bodas l'salka v'chayev. Because a shore does not have the das, requisite das, to remove the coal. And therefore, if you put the uh, coal on the shore and killing it, uh, then it's like putting it in an inanimate pro- uh, property and you're going to be chayev because it had no opportunity to remove it because it doesn't have the requisite das, hajran, alach. Kate okay, it's a Eregel, there's not to the Shem tomorrow, but we resume with the third parak of Bavakama.